Yeah. Great. Uh, this is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. I'm Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl Wong. Daryl Wong just started his recording, so anything that we talked about up to now oh, does no. not have anything on my side. No. <laughs> I don't want to do the intro over. I mean, just start your side. They and know. Then... They see it. It's in the thing on no. iTunes. They know what it, the pod they're clicking on. They know what it is. Just line my name up with where it's supposed to be. Okay. Anything before that didn't happen. Did you watch Furious 6, though? Sure did. Did that happen? I watched it this weekend. Yeah. Very nice watch through. Yourself? Yeah, a little bit... Of, it's hard to like describe my feelings around this movie. Because mm-hmm. I have been hot on this movie for a long time. I think it's the best of the modern franchise movies. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think I still feel that way. Like, does nine, it's too, I'm excluding nine because it's too early in my nine watching life Mm -hmm. to properly, like, place nine somewhere. Mm -hmm. But this movie probably ranks highest for me among the, among the modern franchises at this point. Mm -hmm. And I think Uh, I still feel that way. Good. It's like a thorough, it's like ultimately it's an enjoyable movie. But my taste for the modern franchises, four, five, six, seven, eight, Hobbs and Shaw, nine, is, is, has been slowly sinking in over the past year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's like, where does it stand in the canon of everything or the pantheon of Fast and Furious? I don't know. But I had a pretty good watch through. Mm-hmm. So, here's another way to think about it, and this is how I watched it this week. So, mm-hmm. friend of the podcast, David Hunter, paid me a visit on Friday. I watched yeah. the movie on Saturday. Um, for those of you who didn't know, which most of you shouldn't, uh, David was an aspiring actor until, like, yeah, up until kind of he started working at Tesla, where okay. we started working together. He is trained and has competed, in fact, in acting competitions. I was acting like, competition? Yeah, good question, right? I was like, what the hell is an acting competition? What's the format? How does this thing play out? Yeah. So I got the little rundown. Basically, it's three rounds. You go, like, you represent your little troop or organization, and you usually bring a partner with you. Three rounds um, of different lengths. and. The only thing you have to do is you have to do, you get to choose comedy, drama for one of the first two rounds. Okay. And then the final round. Like, is it a e- skit or a monologue or like? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's your choice. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's a skit. And then the final like championship round is a monologue and you get cool. to choose your drama versus comedy. And I was like, oh, like. What's the strategy here? Do you lead with comedy, get the laugh first, and then deliver on that high, um, yeah, on that high stakes little dramatic performance, mm-hmm. or do you lead off with the tearjerker and then 
um, just wow the crowd with your ability to then also make them laugh later. Cool. And I was thinking about the structure of the drama competition, and I was like, well, maybe Fast and Furious 6 here is a drama competition. If we think about, if we think about the elements of a Fast and the Furious movie, right. the drama versus the comedy, okay. where, where would you say, in this movie or in the franchise... Are we saying all the movies? <laughs> are we saying all the movies are competing against each other in a drama comedy competition, an acting competition? And which movie climbs to the top and wins the competition? Or are we saying within the world of Furious 6, the movie <laughs> itself is a drama competition uh, an acting competition and therefore we must sort of like look at it in a way where it's it's competing against itself to rise above you know a parts of a whole what 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 is I'm the le- scenario sure i'm leaning more toward um movie to movie and uh, okay. this is building off of our criticism of the later eights and nines which like they go heavy in on comedy, and it becomes yeah a joke, and also a self-aware joke, which I think so far we've established we are not a fan of. And mm. I would also say the I other part say, of I it, wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's an unfair characteristic of at least my feelings about nine. The self-references in nine. Mm. I think there's some things it does really well in that regard. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm saying I think that the strongest pieces of these movies in this franchise are actually the serious moments mm-hmm. because the drama. The drama. Because Fast and Furious original, the Fast and the Furious, serious movie. You know, and it has uh-huh. over time, as it has entered its place as a from a cult movie to like a major whatever, the basis of a major movie franchise. Sure started as a pretty serious movie and has now become a joke. So. Right. And I would say, I mean, I'm trying to think of like the comedic parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Not there's a lot. I mean, there's a couple of jokes. There's like Stasiak shit. That's funny. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like, when they beat the guys up in the bullet shop and Paul Walker's like, have a nice day guys. <laughs> Take care guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I would argue that the hops character is a, is primarily a comedic character. Uh, maybe. Yeah. So I think, I think more so in seven, I think seven really changed the game on Hobbs a little bit. Mm hmm. Yeah, I do. Because I really think Seven's the moment where The Rock was like, let me bring my rock comedy to this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I have a little girl, and, like, it's funny to watch me, this giant person, like, play off a little girl. And then, like, it's funny to watch me break out of a cast on my own. And it's funny to watch me, like, use a minigun to, like, kill a drone or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think there's some rockiness there, comedy-wise. Right. 
this movie, what does this movie do with The Rock? It basically like uses The Rock to set up the framework of the story to catch Owen Shaw. Mm-hmm. It uses... It like deepens Vin's and The Rock's relationship in that like... Especially... Like the turn really... I know that they like get over it in the beginning and then they're like, okay, we're just working together. But I do feel like there's a turn after that sort of circling around each other in the parking lot scene where Owen Shaw threatens Dom's life and then like the red dot appears on Owen and it's like Hobbs literally has Vin's back. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it does that stuff with Hobbs. But I don't know that it turns Hobbs into like a funny man in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a funny man. Like when he goes to look at the CCC, funny the CCTV. look. Oh yeah, the CCTV. He's a funny man. Thing. Really, when he's beating up the Vin lookalike in the beginning, all of his yeah. wolves to wolves, like that ass and brains. I think a lot yeah, of his punchlines right. are supposed to be comedic relief. That's but fair. I think that exists in comparison to Dom's character. Very serious. Yeah. Very, very sad. Serious. He his very relationship. Sad. Yeah, even Letty's character, very serious, right? Is suffering from amnesia, is trying to navigate working for Owen Shaw, bad boss, and also trying to figure out what's going on with Dom. Yeah. Very serious. Owen Shaw, Who is this guy? straight face, whole time, precision, all day. Yeah. Even Brian is contending with like a little bit of that guilt from having, um, what do you got, served up? Letty and having to go and yeah, like yeah, sneak sneak back into the United States, trying to get that information. I think he plays a pretty serious role in this movie as well. But yeah. the whole setup, I mean, Roman, Tej, even, you know, like uh Giselle and Han. Kinda of, I guess Giselle and Han, romance, funny. But There's some stuff funny, but it's like Han and Tyrese are doing some bits together, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, this movie takes itself very seriously. I think that's the thing we're sort of trying to hit around, whether or not we put it within the framework of an acting competition. We should get David on the pod. Yeah. yeah. He would love to come back. Yeah. We should get him. But... Whether or not you put it in that framework, like this movie, I think, does partially succeed because it takes itself seriously. And then when you feel that like gravity of that hit a little too hard, it then like picks you upward with a little like comedic relief. Mm-hmm. And that's like exactly what that's why it's called that, right? It's relief from mm-hmm. the like seriousness of the situation. I would uh, say that. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I would say that comedic relief is needed in Definitely. that in that parking lot scene because what they've done oh, is yeah. they've done like a triple down on serious conversations, right? Yeah. They have three of them, really, between totally. Dom and Letty, between Dom and Shaw, and then between Hobbs and Shaw. Or, yeah, I mix one up. But what they've done in that situation is that they've over-indexed on the drama, and yeah. it's very noticeable. It's noticeable and it's 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 so long, right? And it feels so long. That scene 
is long. Like the race into the Dom and Letty, into the Dom and Owen Shaw, into the Dom and Hobbs. Like, I mean, it's long, but it's like 15 minutes, maybe, of mm. this movie. And but it feels like an, I mean it feels like an hour because you're not there's no break there's no fucking relief from mm-hmm. this thing and 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 which kind of hurts it in a way because I actually feel like some of the moments within that sequence are some of the strongest in the movie mm-hmm. right like I I do think the Dom Letty like checking out each other's scars thing is effective. Mm-hmm. And, like, a really great way to connect these two characters in the wild-ass situation that they're in. I do think Owen Shaw's speeches about efficiency and code, like, are amazing piece of writing in reflection to, like, what Dom believes in and what Dom, we've shown Dom to believe in throughout the re- past movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, like I, like I said before, is that that turning point in Dom and Hobbes' relationship, like it serves all of all three of those things, it serves rather well. Unfortunately, it's just like a slog to go from one to the other to the other to the other without any sort of sense of relief from it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I definitely think this movie is better than Seven, Eight, and Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, and for that reason, basically, mm-hmm. it's like Seven, Eight, Hobbs and Shaw became too not self-aware in the way that Nine is sort of self-aware and playing on it explicitly, but just too—they didn't take it seriously enough, right? They didn't take the material seriously enough. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I watched this movie while working today, mm-hmm. and um, it didn't go very well. I mean, it was like good, fine watch through, but mm-hmm. like very stressed out work was. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, so I had like a sort of shitty attitude while I was watching it. I was like, I gotta watch this fucking movie for the fucking podcast. You know, fuck, fucking shit. So that was my attitude during the whole thing, and, um, you know, I don't know. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I like Stasiak. Yeah. I'm glad he came back for nine. (laughs) Same. same. You know? We haven't talked about him in nine, but he's pretty good. And I like that his nose is completely, like, fucked up. (laughs) Zigzaggy. Nine. Um, Yeah, I wish they would, like, make him... I wish they would make him a big character. Mm-hmm. Like I wish ten. I wish not ten and eleven were like we've talked about them being Infinity War slash Endgame. Like everybody <laughs> dies in the first one, and then we have to time travel and get back to life. Mm-hmm. I wish though at the end of ten it was like everybody everybody dies except mm-hmm. one man. <laughs> Agent Stasiak. And he's the one who's got to bring everybody back. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of rad. I, yeah, I was actually thinking about the, yeah, like the um, end game concept mm-hmm. because I think they were trying to make this, that movie, like in having the anti team 
and getting right. them all beat up, having an anti-Hobbs and all of the subway fighting. I think they were trying to make this the sort of low point for the characters. Right, right. And they didn't quite go low enough, I don't think. I don't think they did. Yeah. I don't think they did. It, I, I, I mean, can you imagine a world in which they made Letty the villain of Seven? Mm. You know, kind of good. Is, she is Cipher. Yeah, maybe. Or you know what I mean? Or like, or like Cipher works for her. Like everybody uh-huh. works for everybody in these series. Right. Right. <laughs> but like, like Letty doesn't. Maybe Letty gets out of Shaw. Maybe they defeat Shaw in six, and sort of Letty escapes off into the whatever. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't get her memory back. And she's not convinced by Dom to come back. Mm-hmm. And so she sort of like sets up her own rogue, like bigger Shaw. She like takes over Shaw's networks. Mm-hmm. You know? Could, be, could have been. A, it's, I mean, we're like fantasizing. We can't go back in time. Uh, but. Yeah. Mm. But I don't know that this series sort of like not has the balls, but like is interested in doing is like interested in going there. Basically. Mm-hmm. I think, do you think they're going to bring, I know we said they weren't going to in the past. I think they might try to bring Giselle back. I always get cynical about this kind of thing mm-hmm. because I just end up looking at it from a studio slash talent perspective rather mm-hmm. than like a fan perspective. Like, mm-hmm. would I love as a fan to see Giselle back now that Han's here? Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be fun to like see them reunite, even if it's just for like a an ending ending scene. Like the final wrap up of Han's character is like Giselle turns out I'm alive. Mm-hmm. let's go live on a beach with Brian and Mia somewhere, right? Forever and mm-hmm. never get talked about ever again, hopefully. But if I'm universal, I'm like, I'm not fucking paying Gal Gadot Wonder Woman to be in my movie right now. You know what I mean? Like, I got, I got 13 other fucking people like, I can put in this movie. Like, I don't need to shell out for Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Gal Gadot, I'm sort of feeling like you know, I did it. I did my, like, couple of movies in the Fast and Furious. Like, I love those guys. I did my couple of movies. I'm doing this Wonder Woman thing now. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just don't know that, like, I would be driven to go back to it either. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. I did the same exercise. I put myself in Gal's shoes. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think I had fun making this movie. Yeah, I know they killed me off, but look, Wonder Woman 1984 was like pretty good, but that was already a movie like Daryl a- and I, to the chagrin <laughs> of our fans, liked a lot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think, yeah, I saw her in this movie. I was like, look, I think it could be fun to do a return. And I think she knows that she's going to do well. There's no situation where her, like, general favor within the 
within Hollywood is going to decrease by doing another one of these movies. So if I'm gal shoes, I think I'm yeah. definitely entertaining any sort of offer. I'm entertaining an offer. And I think, okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, I'm with you. Just trying to think of other people, other non-joke people that they could bring back. You know, we joke a lot about like Leon. Let's bring Leon back, and like mm-hmm. let's bring fucking Dwight back. <laughs> um, I do think Compost should come back for mm-hmm. sure, and then like Carter Verone is the real one to me. That's like. There's your, op- you know, like you have this opportunity. Like the door is so wide open for Carter mm-hmm. Brown. What about, um, what about Neela? They already have three characters from Tokyo Drift. Let's bring Neela back. She can drive. Is Why that not? lady still acting? Hmm, I don't think so. I mean, I've never seen her in another thing, so I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, yes. Yeah, Lucas Black still acting? He came back. Lucas Black is definitely still acting. Really? In other, like, I think so. I think. Well, he's like going to church. That's like mm-hmm. the main thing he's definitely doing. Mm-hmm. But he's like, he's on like one of the. Um, he's on one of those like. It's not like Jag. It, uh, it's like N- NCIS. He's on an NCIS, I think. Lucas Black. He's got time. I mean, network TV is a busy business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm, he doesn't have that much time. Okay. Okay, Neela is definitely still acting. Good. Yeah. So, um, I definitely think there's an opportunity there for sh- for show. For show. She was mm-hmm. in a Hallmark movie last year. We're loving that. The Baker and the Beauty. Mm-hmm. You know, have her hang out with back. Isaac Gonzalez and Cardi B. Isla Gonzalez was in something. I was just fucking like watching something with Isla Gonzalez again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try to find out what it is. Okay. Can you vamp for like two, three minutes? Why don't you find out what it is? Sure. <laughs> well, I look right. it up. So maybe you can answer this, which is my other thing mm-hmm. here. Did you notice early in the movie that there was a perfect execution of a roundabout, traffic roundabout? I did not notice this. So during the uh, the F1 car chase scene, we got the car flippers and then the BMWs driving around by the team. Um, they said, all right, split up. And then their rendezvous point is in fact a roundabout. And they all, oh. after splitting up, converge at a roundabout. And don't like, I would say it's perfect execution because they came up, no signal, didn't slow down, entered and exited the roundabout at full speed. Good. F1, F1 cars did it. Also the BMWs also entered and exited no collisions. And then finally, Hobbs rolls through in his truck, and he just drives right over the middle of it. <laughs> I mean, that kind of rules. 
I, I, I mean, Daryl, for those, for listeners not clued in, Daryl and I last weekend had an extensive conversation on our drive back to New York City about roundabouts and proper roundabout procedure. Mm-hmm. And for the listeners that are in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, a roundabout is what the rest of the world calls a rotary. Uh, just a, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't notice that. Didn't notice that. Um, Baby Driver is the movie I was thinking of that mm. Isla Gonzalez is in that I didn't realize. Nice. Not a movie I'm particularly fond of, to be honest with you. I haven't seen it. I would like to. I haven't seen it. You should watch it. It's worth a, like, for, like, a car movie guy, mm-hmm. which at this point I think we are. It's, like, one to watch, but... I don't know. It wasn't mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not an Edgar Wright guy, kind of. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I don't, I don't know. I know I'm going to get hate mail. I get hate mail. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I don't really have much else about this movie. Do you? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just had one more small one. Yeah. I noticed at the final barbecue. Um, it's nice to sort of notice a, something a little bit different every time because their backyard barbecue gets gets enhanced every movie. Yeah. In this particular one, um, I was looking at some of the furniture, and their picnic table in mm-hmm. this movie is actually set up on uh, rims, car rims that are stacked on top of each other. Cool. There's like, <laughs> yeah, there's like two four sets of rims there and they put a big old picnic table on top of rims i was like that's pretty sweet yeah that's sweet nice little set deck shout out there that's great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i wish i had more engine themed or car themed furniture in this movie i think we should Mm -hmm. keep an eye out i bet there's a few more little things you know Mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen like an engine block table which I haven't seen in real life, but I know is like a kind of a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. With like a glass topper on top yeah. of it? Yeah. I think that'd be too cheesy for the movie. Mm-hmm. But hey, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Oh my goodness. Okay, so. Do you want to do shout outs? Sure do. Let's do them. What do you want to shout out to this week, Daryl? Um, so, I went on a little... Bicycle ride exploration on Sunday, and I was intending to ride out to Jacob Rees Beach. Uh-huh. And in order to get there, you have to pass by Floyd Bennett Field, which very nice area. But I always ride past it, never gone inside. I was like, let's go see what's going on over here. The shout this week is to Floyd Bennett Field. Nice. It's actually super cool. It's part of a larger um, nature preserve, nature reservation called the Gateway preserve i think Mm -hmm. and it is a huge space i think it has three or four different runways and it's very multi-use so some of the green areas are totally like do not enter this is where animals live um everything else like is these long stretches of pavement that connect to the water when people are out there uh kayaking and fishing there's families there's kids um it is kind of like a, there's sort of like a danger element to hanging out this place because it is mostly like not Bears. regulated. 
there's no bears, but okay. it's it's sort of like not regulated. Like normally there would be park rangers. Even when you're in like Prospect Park, you're used to seeing NYPD there. Okay. None of that. No, so, it's just like good luck. Good luck out here. Um, but what makes it a little bit sort of like tricky is that people are learning how to drive. You could see teenagers with their like parents and stuff learning how to drive around. You people learning how to Cute. drive motorcycles. Cute. And then in some areas you have people with like tuned cars taking pictures. Mm, nice. I saw a Supra. I saw some other like cool Instagram cars. Pictures. Yeah, because it's a great Excellent. setting for that sort of thing. Oh, you've got cool. hangers in the back. You've got the water. So I really liked that there was a mixed, uh, kind of a mixed activity, like huge open space. Um, and yeah, it's worth checking out. They also have all kinds of other um like hobby and interest um like clubs so there's archery there's horseback riding there's like rc planes and rc like drag racing cars and they all have a different little section and there's like a nice community vibe there so it's worth checking out if you're ever in that neighborhood you can also camp there i can't imagine it's a particularly good place to camp given the amount of like drag racing and stuff that seems like happens there, but I recommend a daytime visit. Okay. What's it called again? Floyd Bennett Field. Floyd Bennett Field. And where in Brooklyn is it? Um, It's kind of by, it's not quite at the beach, so not quite right. at like Breeze Beach, Rockaway, um, but in that direction and closer, closer than JFK Airport. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I have an anti shout out this week, Daryl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> QR code menus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't like them. Uh-huh. Used my not my first, but I ran into the first experience where they were like, We don't have a menu. Just look at the fucking QR code. Mm-hmm. They're like, no paper. We're not doing it. And I found, I know we've talked about QR code menus at length on this pod. I have made my feelings about them pretty clear. But, so I couldn't like, I'm like looking at my phone and all this shit is like small. I'm like, can I just have a menu? And they're like, no. I'm like, I just like have a hard time reading this one. Like, okay. So they brought out a fucking iPad for me. I'm like (laughs) reading my menu of the iPad. But here's the other problem that I didn't talk about last time with the QR code Mm -hmm. menus. You can't see the whole menu at once. Mm. And it's a big problem from the ordering food decision-making standpoint, in Mm. my perspective. Okay? I need to see everything sort of in a combination... You know in the movies where somebody's like solving like a heart, you know in like Goodwill Hunting where he's like solving a math problem <laughs> and like all the math is sort of like juggling in front of their face and uh-huh. that's like me and the menu and I need to see the whole thing so that I can have the experience where like the little like some of the words like poof they like highlight at me, you know? Yeah, they like bold, code breaking. Italicize like mm-hmm. as they are being received by your exactly. brain. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sort of like yeah, exactly. 
I and I need to get come up with the perfect concoction of like appetismo and a seconde, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a pasta, of course, you know. I need I need it all together so that like I can just trace the lineage of my meal throughout. And with the app, to, you can't do that. You I need cannot to do that. Were you at a restaurant where you were like eating multiple courses? Yeah. Mm. It was a fucking French restaurant. Very nice. It was a great restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was called Mars. Like the planet, but with an apostrophe. Oh. In a story. Over there. <laughs> yeah. Over the A? Between Mars. the R and the S. Uh, like Mars. like um there was Belonging a person named Mar. Mar. Got it. And it was their restaurant. Got it. Short for yeah. Marseille. Or Marcel. Marseille. Yes. Marcel. Marcel. Um Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Like, especially when you have multiple courses, not being able to see it all does get tricky. I will say that. Even when I'm at a restaurant with a lot of different options and there are different courses, yeah. um, I actually end up defaulting, especially if I'm like with maybe multiple people, I'll just run through the whole menu and I try to get some consensus in terms of like what we want to eat and we don't. So I go through every menu item and I'm just like, do you want to eat this? Do you want to eat this? Like that. I mean, that's basically what we did. Mm-hmm. I was at the dinner with a friend of the pod, Sammy Ratner. Nice. So we ended up like we we ended up having similar vibes in terms of food and like we got there eventually. You know what I'm saying? I just mm-hmm. want a fucking menu, baby. <laughs> Give it to me. Uh huh. So okay. Yeah. That's where I'm Not at. good all the time. Not good all. Not the good time. ever. Not good ever. Just give me a menu. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, there's one more thing I want to say about the Fast and the Furious in general before we close the pod. Sure. So I forgot to mention that. Well, I did, didn't mention it last week because I didn't look it up. But Vinnie Bennett is the actor who plays young Dom in mm-hmm. F9 The Fast Saga. Mm-hmm. Vinnie Bennett. Vinnie Bennett is from Christchurch. Aotearoa, New Zealand. He's a fucking Maori dude. Rules. Wow, cool. I'm like, yeah, bro. Hell yeah. It's like, it's good to see. That's all I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. good to see. You know? Uh, I was like looking through some of his Instagram posts about like <clears throat> when he got the job and shit. And, like, right before the movie came out, he posted something about, like, him in a bathroom. And he was like, he's like, this is a picture I took right before my last audition. You know, I, I, he doesn't sound like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he obviously has, like, a fucking Maori accent. But, like, mm-hmm. mm. uh, he's like, this is what I took before my last audition for this. I, like, I knew I was just, like, whatever happened, it was going to be okay. And, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm here. Anyway, he seems like a really sweet guy. That's all. Excellent. Yeah. Um, okay, so for the next yes. movies, 
I'm okay. reveal. Let me set it up a little bit, though. I just want to tell people what we're doing, because we didn't mention it last week. Daryl is curla- curating a watch-through for me to try to maintain sort of the best I feel, the highest level of I feel experience that we can have. Mm-hmm. So far, it's going pretty good. I gotta tell you, I'm really digging it. But uh, why don't you hit me with what I'm watching next week? Sure. So I'm actually going to reveal the final sequence of the movies because it matters that you know them all at once. Okay. So at the end of six here, the only thing that they act that the team actually wants in exchange for the nuclear launch codes is fourteen twenty-seven. 1327. 1327, yeah, sure. And 1327 is going to be the final order that we watch these movies. Oh my god. Mm hmm. Wow. And I think it's going to be perfect, honestly. 6, 13, 27. 7, I think, is a great place to fit in the series. Yeah, I think that's good. Wow. This is great. Okay. This is great. I'm glad you told me. I think it would have worked if at the end of seven you were like, and guess what? But this is good. I'm glad I know. Mm -hmm. I also will say, I know we're a little ahead of ourselves, but next cycle, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Next cycle, I am going to curate a list for you. (laughs) Can't wait. Of what I think is might quite possibly the worst order to watch the Fast and the Furious movies in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? This is going to be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Sign okay. me up. All right. Sayonara, my friend. If you want to get in touch with us, my friends out there, please do so. You can tweet at us at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast. We have an Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash no one likes to tune a podcast. We guys should watch a Jason Statham movie pretty soon, Daryl, and get mm-hmm. a new extra episode up on that thing. Uh, but you also can vote on our in-between movies, and, you know, we're mildly working on other stuff. Uh... You can't send us an email at no one likes to tune podcast at gmail.com. I'm still locked out. Still trying to figure that puppy out. Uh, but please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's actually it's the best way to help the pod. And I know we got a couple new listeners out there. If you're digging the episodes, maybe not this one, but maybe other ones, please like lay it on. We love you guys. If you could take five minutes of your day and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that like it helps more than anything else, which is an insane fact, but it's just the truth. So please do so. Uh, okay, Daryl, last thoughts. That's five Can't words. Wait. Go. Can't wait to go home. Boom. <laughs> Me too, my friend. Take care. Later.